Welcome to The Yoga Voice, a podcast by City Yoga, School of Yoga and Health. Our guests discuss how the contemporary practice of this ancient art transforms the lives of individuals and communities in the Midwest and beyond. City Yoga has been a center for the practice of yoga and yoga teacher training since opening in 2002. Join us as we explore how yoga inspires and transforms. Welcome listeners to The Yoga Voice. Dave Sims here as your host once again. And today I'm bringing a conversation I had recently with Daryl Roberts. He's a local Ayurvedic practitioner, a former professional poker player, a musician, and a yoga teacher. And just like his varied background, our conversation went in lots of different directions. I, uh, I will say, as a little disclaimer, you know, we just got into a pretty deep conversation about Ayurveda, which is a really an ancient medical practice or teaching from southern India. And while neither one of us are medical professionals, so nothing we discussed is to be considered any medical advice. We jumped into lots of topics of nutrition and health and wellness, but um, so that's our disclaimer, you know, nothing on the podcast is to be considered medical advice because uh, we are not medical professionals. Uh, so that being said, we had a great conversation. Uh, he's, he has a passion for music and healing and, and learning about the, you know, the depths of the human system. And he's doing to do some intro to Ayurveda workshops at City Yoga and maybe do some live music stuff in the future. So you'll see him around. And um, yeah, so we'll just, without too much further ado, we'll jump right into it with my conversation with Daryl. Hey, Daryl, welcome to The Yoga Voice. How are you doing today? Thanks. (laughs) Glad to be here. I'm doing well. Awesome. You know, we... We just to our listeners out there, we record these, you know, in advance. So as you all will know, and this will probably come out, I'm guessing late February, early March, but it's being recorded on the on two two of twenty twenty two. So it's like an awesome date, you know, like, oh wow, that's pretty cool. Anyway, side note. Um so yeah, I'm excited to have Daryl here with us today, uh, Ayurvedic practitioner, and, you know, he's been um, coming around the studio here in Indianapolis, and I just want you all to get to know him a little better. Uh, he's got an event coming up on an introduction to Ayurveda, uh, which will probably happen before our podcast comes out, but we're looking forward to him having regular events here at the studio, so... That's all good. And um, so, Daryl, what, you know, I'd like to start out with this, conver- you know, conversation around how how you got into yoga, Ayurveda, these, you know, healing modalities. Where did that all begin? Yeah. Well, if you look back, I was always interested in introspection. Uh, improving things, improving myself, improving systems. I like to analyze when I was a kid, 
one of my favorite things in the world was untying knots. I mean, I got so much joy if somebody had a knot, you know, and I would just, oh, I would, I would love it. Um, and so I got into psychology. Uh, I'm a big fan of psychology. Uh, and what really actually got me into yoga was, well, it was, it was a result of me hitting a all-time low in my life. Um, I had some failed business endeavors. I had some failed poker situations, and I was in a very failing relationship. I was in a very toxic relationship um, with a girl, and that ended basically right when I turned 28, and after that relationship, it was one of the most memorable times in my life when I looked in the mirror and just said, who is that? You know, like, I don't even know. It, it's hard to define who I am, you know, after what I just went through, you know, because I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that I'm making good choices for myself, but now I have to, you know, the dust has settled, the dust has settled and I'm looking at my life and it's like, I brought myself here, so... I'm I'm not as smart as I thought I was, you know. I I don't know what's going on in the way that I thought I did, mm-hmm. and it was at that point that I essentially just unconsciously walked into a yoga studio. I just googled yoga next to me, near me, and went to the closest yoga studio I could find, and it felt good. Mm. What city? What city were you in? I was here in Indy. Indy. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. I, I went to Invoke. That was at Invoke. Oh, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that first class, what got you to your second class? Well, I mean, so it was multiple things. I hadn't felt that good, you know, in a long time. Uh, So there was definitely just this, you know, because, I mean, physically I was out of shape, mentally I was out of shape, and even, like, spiritually, you know, I wasn't connecting with what mattered to me, so nothing really felt good. Mm -hmm. But the yoga class, that felt good. Yeah. Um, also, you know, my, my teacher was absolutely gorgeous. So I was like, okay, I'll come back tomorrow. Uh That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's what, what's what gets, gets people in (laughs) often. Um, so cool. And that, so you mentioned poker. Um, what, what drew you down that path of being a professional poker player? Yeah. So poker was my favorite thing in the world. Uh, I got into it in high school, kind of when a lot of people got into it, mm-hmm. and I just loved it. Um, my whole life, you know, I've kind of, along with the knots, like, I love strategy. Uh, I love, it's specifically, like, battle strategy. You know, I love chess. Mm-hmm. I love battleship. Um, I'm a big StarCraft II player. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always loved all of that. And poker, you know, was that. Uh, I love math. And so it was, it was just a passion of mine. You know, I wanted to play whenever I could. I played in high school. I went to college, was playing poker whenever I could. Um, and then at one point, about, you know, a couple of years into college, it occurred to me that some people actually do play poker for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Again, it was my all-time favorite thing in the world. Uh, and in addition to that, I 
felt like and also had some evidence that I was pretty good at it. Mm -hmm. And eventually decided that I had to try. Yeah. So what I, I know nothing about that. I, I heard an interview, maybe a podcast with a world, like a world champion, former poker player that kind of same story. It was just like recognized they were pretty good at it. And then there's like a, maybe like a circuit or a thing where you, um, you know, get into these tournaments or whatnot. How's that, how's the, what's that whole world look like? You were in it for like five years or longer, longer. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, technically according to the IRS, that is still my profession. Um, <laughs> okay. So essentially poker can be played in two different forms. There are cash games, which is, Hey, we each buy in for a hundred bucks. I could win $20 off of you and then go home. Um, and then there's tournaments where we each buy in for $100 or 10 of us buy in for $100 and we play until somebody has all the chips. Mm -hmm. And so really, I mean, when it comes to playing cash, which is what most players get into, at least in the beginnings, um, there's no there's no governing body. You know, if you've got the money, you can buy into the game. And yeah. so it's it's very much a sink or swim situation. Yeah. And were you in Vegas, I think you mentioned, when we were talking earlier? Was that poker, the draw to be there, or something else? Yes. There? Yes, yes. Yeah. I, uh, I dropped out of school to go to Vegas and play poker. Yeah. So it sounds like it must have been a fairly lucrative lifestyle. Yeah? <laughs> it depends on what section of it you're looking at. <laughs> um, so it's pretty fun, you know? Um in the beginning, I, I moved to Las Vegas with $4,000 of borrowed money. None of it was mine. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of friends of mine lent me like $1,000. I think my sister lent me like $1,500. Uh, so I had 4K, and that was, you know, we call it a bankroll. <laughs> <laughs> that was my bankroll. And so we started playing poker. You know, I'm playing like 1-2, one, no limit, 1-3, no limit, which is where I'm buying in for 200 bucks, 300 bucks. And that's, that was the game and I loved it and I was successful in the first year. You know, I was able to pay off my friends and my sister and I was able to accumulate a little uh, $12,000 bankroll for myself at the end of the first year. So that was good. However, professional gambling is... A journey. And so I, I went broke plenty of times. I've spent plenty of time being completely out of money yeah. and in debt. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's, I mean, what a rich experience in the sense of like the, the ups and downs of it, right? Um, and like, uh, I guess like emotionally, that must have been a roller coaster as well. Or were you pretty detached from the and winnings and losings. So it, it both, both. I mean, it is, and also, really, that is what separates the successful poker players from the non-successful poker players. It's really more about how you handle your life off of the table mm -hmm. than it is on the table. Because there are a lot of phenomenal, you know, mathematical savant poker players who don't play responsibly. And so, you know, they're talented. And so there's so many stories of this, you know, guys that just go from nothing to making a million dollars, five million dollars. You know, they're playing in the highest staked games in the world. People are buying them in and then they go broke. Mm -hmm. 
And then other people pay for them, you know, because they know how good they are, but their mindset is different and then they keep going broke. And then now they're like $10 million in debt. And yeah, you know, it's, it's, it gets out of hand. Yeah, yeah. So your life kind of bottomed out and then yoga and then Ayurveda. That's like a deep dive into, do you want to, just for the benefit of, of our, some of our listeners, you want to kind of give a little overview of, of Ayurveda? Sure. And, yeah. Ayurveda is a natural, holistic medical science from ancient India. So when you look up Ayurveda, you know, you'll see, okay, Ayurveda means life and Veda means science or knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so Ayurveda is the science of life, and that is true. Um, And so when I first heard that, I thought about it, you know, oh, that's nice. It sounds like metaphorical. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas it's actually extremely technical and scientific. Um, Ayurveda as the science of life is exactly that. Uh, It's as if you were kind of like a higher consciousness alien species studying life on earth mm-hmm. you know if you're studying life in this universe it has certain laws that govern it just like physics right like gravity thermodynamics these things operate in laws mm-hmm. and we do too mm-hmm. and ayurveda is the science of life and everything that has to do with being alive mm, nice so at that um I mean, what's the course of study look like? I mean, it sounds like it's a long or like a protracted lifelong thing, but but getting yourself started and a foundation of knowledge, kind of what was that like? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, certainly, Ayurveda is an ocean. Uh, no one will ever learn it all. However, it is based on certain physiological principles. And so, first we learned Sankhya philosophy, you know, the philosophy of creation, which is essentially the mother when they talk about Ayurveda and yoga and Jyotish being like sister sciences. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mother of those sisters is Sankhya. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that is the OG. And so, you know, you, you learn Sankhya and then you start to learn these these fundamental energies that are governing both us as life forms and the inanimate objects around us and essentially you just keep going deeper that just keeps branching into different facets of life and really the possibilities are endless yeah what aspect of ayurveda are you really focused on hmm that's a good question so I would say the two kind of main, almost first branches that you'll get into, which is one, Ayurveda as a medical practice. Mm -hmm. Um, My school, Kerala Ayurveda Academy, is very much focused on teaching Ayurveda in a clinical setting. You know, so we we study. Uh, We we study medicine uh, from an Ayurvedic perspective. Um, And then the other really palpable path of Ayurveda is is daily living, you know, the art of 
just daily living, happy, healthy living. How do I just live my life so that I feel good? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I uh, from the medical perspective of it, I, I feel like I've ran into some Ayurvedic practitioners or, or people that were going down that path and they had opportunities to get in a clinical setting and, and just kind of um, not really like a residency, but more of like a observer of that. And did you, have you had an opportunity to do something like that? Or? I have not yet. Yeah. Is that an ambition? Very much so. Okay. That's yeah. Cool. I, I'm actually going to get to go to India this October uh, for an internship with my school. Oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. What part of India? Kerala. Kerala, southern India? Yes. Yeah. Have you been? I have not been yeah. to Kerala. I haven't either, no. So that'll be quite a journey. How long are you going to go? <clears throat> well, so the internship is it's only two weeks. Excuse me. But as you know, it takes a while to get to India. <laughs> so I intend to hang out. You know, I'd yeah. like to go up north into the Himalayas and who knows, maybe even go east, check out Thailand. I mean, the sky's the limit. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah, but well, it, it, once you're in that part of the world and you've put the effort into getting there, it makes sense to kind of traverse around a little bit. So, um, yeah, that I mean, that's on my in my little wish list. Um, I got it on one of my vision boards up there behind you is India. And actually, I almost went a year or two ago, and uh, I, I think it was going to be like that June of the pandemic. Hit, uh. You know, so I'm like, well. Maybe another time, you know. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, that's I'm jealous. I think that's super cool. And the, this 2022 is a great year to be going and branching out. I think, and have, things will hopefully settle down. Um, so on the yoga teacher aspect of your, I mean, you got into yoga, it felt good. Mm-hmm. Um, Clearly, it shifted to be more than just a physical thing. If you were drawn to yoga teacher training, mm-hmm. what was kind of the catalyst to make you take that step? Because that's a commitment, you know? Certainly. It makes me think of why it's important to listen to what other people tell you. Okay. Because I never wanted to teach yoga. Uh-huh. Um. You know, I was, I got pretty into it and I was loving it, you know, and I was there a lot and a lot of people were like, you got to teach, you know, you got to, you got to teach yoga. You'd be so good at it. And every time I was like, no, get out of here. (laughs) Like, I'm trying to practice. I don't want to teach. And then literally in in a, I was at a class and I looked at this girl on my right and I was like, ooh, I'd like to adjust her. And then I looked at this girl on my left, and I was like, oh, I'd like to adjust you, too. Uh, And then that day, I asked about teacher trainings, and they sent me somewhere. Next thing you know, I signed up for a teacher training, like, two weeks later. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And did you teach much after you went through and did all that, or is it the passing thing? In total, I taught for about a year and a half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then what? made you shift out of that well we could say i shifted out of that due to covid oh yeah okay so that that put a 
kibosh on a lot of people's teaching teaching world. So, um, what was your biggest takeaway from your training, your experience? Mm. You know, because I know a lot, a lot of it's inward focused and uh, much more than physical and adjustments and all that stuff. You know, certainly that's a good question. But uh, moving back up, so it sounds like ego was drawing you into it. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and talking with you, it's a sense that you have grown beyond that guy that was at the mat going like, oh, I want to adjust her, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, dig into a little bit of how that, you know, you, it sounds like you almost just stumbled into the training with, you know, people encouraging you mm -hmm. and then what you know was the takeaway from that and what created a shift in and becoming more grounded as a person and more deep in the i mean you're talking about to go study in india an ancient science of medicine um so what what's that whole trans transformation been like i guess that's that's a loaded question No pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting how the answers to questions like that depend on when you ask me. Okay. You know, like if you asked me a year ago, like I would answer it differently. And like if you ask me in like five years or 10 years, it's like that perspective yeah. is actually going to be able to reveal what I was actually doing. Mm -hmm. um, and so all of this is relatively recent. You know, sometimes it's kind of fascinating and interesting for me to remember like the first yoga class I ever took was you know six years ago mm -hmm. before that i was just playing poker <laughs> and playing video games and you know partying and doing all sorts of stuff and now all i ever think about is ayurveda and sometimes I ask myself like what did i used to think about before uh -huh. and so as far as the transition goes there must have been something in the teachings that sparked something deeper within you that were like, I'm not, it, it sounds like you, you know, that you were moving away from the sort of the lifestyle of a professional gambler kind of person to something more grounded. And, um, and maybe, maybe it was just like a very organic transition, but, um, you know, I was just curious, you know, if there's, because in yoga teacher training, you, you hit all these topics in the ocean of yoga, right? Uh, what what was kind of piqued your interest, maybe is a better way to put that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So I, I think one of the reasons it's difficult to start to answer this question is because it does feel outside of my control. You know, I would love to tell you that, well, I had this vision and I looked myself in the mirror and I said, I'm going to become a more grounded individual. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get my life together and get my act right. But 
you know, it was more just like, man, I cannot handle the suffering anymore. You know, like I've got to do something. And so that's me walking into that yoga class. And you're right. I mean, I was drawn um, experientially and intellectually. You know, the heart of yoga uh, changed my life. Desikachar and Krishna Macharya, like they totally gripped me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I got into all of that and kind of being introduced to really just a new opportunity for an entirely different life. Mm-hmm. You know, hearing these guys talk about yoga and talk about avidya and go through the yoga sutras and, you know, really just lay out this path or technology for truly transforming myself, you know, experiencing the world in an entirely different way. Mm-hmm. And that got me excited. Yeah. Well, that... um yeah, you mentioned Avidya and this this idea of moving from untruth to truth, mm. you know, and, and all these branches that we create our own suffering, you know, or our, uh, we shift more from uh, a reactionary state to more of a, uh, what's the word, um, in a way, like a purposeful response mm-hmm. instead of a uh, sort of an instinctive reaction to life. We become more purposely responding. Um, so, yeah, and that's, and you did, did you, you mentioned Santosha when we were talking earlier. Did you do some training there? I know they did a lot of teacher stuff. They did some Sanskrit stuff and, and some Ayurveda stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you get exposed to that there? or? So I was exposed to Ayurveda before I walked into Santosha, uh-huh. uh, where I did do my teacher training. Uh, but certainly, yeah, uh, uh-huh. they touch on some Sanskrit and some Ayurveda, and it's a pretty well-rounded program. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, um, do we mentioned earlier, Musician, you know, like mm. like you're you like to jam and do get some get some music stuff going on. Um, what's what's that like, and where'd that start? Oh, you can thank my mom for that one. <laughs> uh, I was in every choir you could imagine: oh. church choir, school choir, <laughs> Indianapolis children's choir. I was in all the choirs, and she also had me take piano lessons. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's. And you, what do you play now? Piano and guitar. Piano and guitar. Um, what, and that's like, a, is that like a regular thing? Or do you group, get a group, you have a band, you have just random jams or what? Yeah, so I don't have a band, but it is very regular. I love to play. You know, I play piano and guitar, I'd say every day. And I've got some, you know, some of my best friends, most of my best friends play music as well. Mm-hmm. And so certainly, yeah, we get together and just rock it out. Nice. And yeah, always feels good. Did you ever re- record any of this stuff? Sure, sure. Oh, yeah. We should send us a sample. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, well, and you mentioned earlier too about like uh, doing live music to yoga class or event, yoga-ish events. That, is that something you um, aspire to do? You know what? It is. As soon as I've learned that that is an option and that people do that, I would love to do that. Yeah. Because I love yoga. I love music. And I feel like I could set a, you know, pretty nice little vibe. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Oh, that's super cool. Um, and so you've been coming to the studio and practicing quite a bit. What's your what's your own personal practice? I mean, like beyond yo- yo- yoga as well as what else? How do you how are you using this sort of holistic approach to life for yourself? Hmm. Well, it sounds like music is part of part of it. Sure, um, sure. Honestly, I have reformatted my life. I, I have reprioritized my values towards my, you could say, my health and wellness towards my connection you know my connection with god my connection with my family and with my friends and with others you know these things are now sitting atop of the hierarchy of my values Mm -hmm. super cool and um you know, you talked about you, know, you hit a low point in your life, and it reminded me of the it's like a roomy quote about you know, like the like our our pain is where the the light comes in, you know, so that the <laughs> the kind of the answer to pain is in the pain, you know, and um, and it leads to things like you just shared, you know, right, right, the deeper like shift and focus um and so you've been back in indy for a while you're getting this ayurvedic practitioner sort of career Mm -hmm. launched out um so where are you at in that you know i um and where do you want to go with it i guess would be the real question so i founded a company called balanced alignment Balanced alignment. Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, right. And, you know, our mission statement is to carry out the two fundamental aims of Ayurveda, mm-hmm. uh, which is to maintain the health and longevity of the healthy and to cure the sick. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we seek to do that in any way that we can. Uh, and essentially right now, um, there's kind of three main avenues for that. Uh, one is, you know, a clinical practice. We give Ayurvedic consultations. Mm-hmm. Uh, two is education, you know, workshops like we're going to do here, mm-hmm. uh, cooking classes, stuff like that. And the last is food. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to open a restaurant, uh, but also, you know, catering. I've also done like cooking for like retreats mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, like Ayurvedic cuisine. Uh-huh. So that's kind of where we're at now. Um, and it's really, you know, we're still in the initial stages. You know, I just started that a couple of years ago and been working on that a lot over the past year and getting things up and running. And it's really exciting. You know, things are coming together and things are opening up. And in fact, we are creating an alternative. Well, it's actually not alternative. It's an integrative treatment program for people suffering from long COVID. Oh, wow. Yeah, tell me more. Well, so as far as I can tell, Ayurveda is 
a very, very good choice for someone who is suffering from long COVID uh, for a couple of different reasons. One, long COVID currently has conventional medicine somewhat stumped. Uh, you know, it has everyone stumped. No, there's not, exi- there's just not a cure for it. Like right off the bat, you can't just go in there and say, Oh, please cure this for me. And they know how, mm-hmm. so it's different for every person. Uh, so people have different causes. People have different symptoms. And like you were saying, you know, the entire science of Ayurveda is based on the individual. And so, you know, in in Ayurveda, there's no such thing as like, oh, you have this disease, we'll do this for you. Mm -hmm. It always depends. Uh, In fact, you know, if two people come to go to an Ayurvedic doctor in India and they each have the exact same disease, uh, almost always they will receive very different treatments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't that interesting when you can sort of compare it to, you know, our prescribed prescription medication mentality in the west yeah um that's that's very interesting you know um yeah go on yeah yeah okay well and so the other situation is ayurveda offers some understanding uh, when it comes to not only long COVID, you know, when it comes to anything, but especially long COVID, because so from Ayurveda, it's like we're looking at the person. And so we're looking at them from those fundamental energies that we were talking about, right? And so from Ayurveda, we, we learn and we heal from the inside out, right? Because everything in our bodies that's happening from within. Like we're creating that. Like, yeah, you eat the food, but then it's your digestive capacity that turns that into your muscle tissue. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have a banana sitting in your arm, right? There's a there's a creative process in there. And so all of our good health and all of our diseases are created by ourselves, are created by our own bodies. And so it's this inside out paradigm that really does offer a completely new sphere and approach to everything, to to diet and lifestyle, to medicine, to, to everything. And so that's kind of the fundamental, one of the fundamental differences. And because of that, you know, like really, the truth is, you know, when, when I say we're developing an integrative treatment for long COVID, the fact of the matter is, it wouldn't matter if you told me that you had long COVID or not. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to analyze you from an Ayurvedic perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, um, I guess that kind of circles into my next question too about, um, it, well, maybe just for the benefit of our listeners out there, um, talk a little bit about the doshas, you know, or the different constitutions in sort of this method of medicine? Sure, okay. So this just popped into my head since we're on the podcast (laughs) and we're talking about Ayurveda and we're talking about medicine. Uh, We should be clear that Ayurveda is a regulated and what recognized medical discipline in India and in other countries around the world, but it is not here in the United States. Mm -hmm. So anything that we talk about 
this is not medical advice and you should consult with your healthcare professional. Good disclaimer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. The doshas. So dosha, that's the word to describe these laws that we were talking about earlier. So these are the biological laws that govern uh, not only our behavior, but they govern our physical expression, our mental expression, you know, our tendencies and our affinities. And it's kind of fascinating because these fundamental principles, not only do they exist in your body, but these are the same fundamental principles that govern the cosmos. According to Ayurveda, you are a microcosm of the macrocosm. Mm -hmm. You know, you are your own little universe, which you're well familiar with that. You know, that's true in yogic understanding and all sorts of understanding. It's kind of cool, actually, how many different disciplines will say that. Mm -hmm. uh, even astronomers, you know, people who study that will say that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson says that, right? We yeah. are star stuff. And, <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. is true. Uh, we like the, the degree to which that is true. Uh, is difficult to say. But, so, the three doshas. So these three principles. One, all right, we're going to learn three words. Well, we just learned dosha, so that's that's one word. So these are the three words. It's vata, and vata, V-A, long A, A, vata, is the principle of movement. Mm -hmm. And so in our bodies, that's all movement. That's blood circulation, that's inhalation, exhalation, that's food moving through your intestines, that's peeing, that's pooping, that's eye movement, that's neurons firing back and forth, that's cell movement, anything that moves, that is all governed by the energy of vata dosha, the principle of movement. And when you take it out into the cosmos, what do you see? There's movement, right? We have orbits, we have things flying through space. The second is called pitta. It's P-I-T-T-A. And pitta is the principle of transformation. And so largely in our bodies, that's our digestive capacity, you know, that's taking food, breaking it down into nutrients, and then that's taking that food and, or those nutrients and further breaking them down into you know, cellular nutrients so that we can get it into our tissues, our muscle tissue, bone tissue, etc. cetera. Uh, more than that, that power of transformation is what is governing our intellect as well. You know, everything that we take in from the senses, that needs to be transformed. You know, like a, a tree, when you look at a tree, the understanding of a tree is not inherent in the graphical representation of a tree, mm -hmm. right? A tree, you actually get that image plastered on your eyeball. Right. And then, you know, your optic nerves take that image, send it back to your brain, and then back there, your brain transforms that image into understanding. That's a tree. I know what that is. So all of that is governed by pitta, pitta dosha. Mm -hmm. And so in the cosmos, that's what's happening in the sun, you know, that's all of these stars that are exploding and turning into different things. Anything that's one thing turning into another thing, that's being governed by Pitta Dosha. Mm -hmm. Very cool. 
It is cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so our last and final principle is the principle of cohesion. Uh, it's the principle of coagulation or sticking together. Uh, that is what allows our muscle tissues to exist. You know, that's why kidney cells stick together and form a kidney. You know, that's why our eyeball cells stick together and form an eyeball because we need things to form. And so not only is that form, but it's also the principle of kind of like lubrication. So all of like the mucus in your body, the mucosal lining in your stomach, synovial fluid, you know, brain fluid, all of this stuff that's kind of, you know, the watery medium mm-hmm. that allows us to move, that's all governed by Cappadocia. Okay. Very cool. That uh, reminds me, like, <clears throat> years ago I was doing uh, restaurant consulting and I was thought, and I was getting into yoga and all this and I thought, I should open up a... Uh, like an Ayurvedic restaurant mm. <laughs> that you were mentioning. I was going to call uh-huh. it like the Tridosha Cafe and have these menus specific <laughs> for those different kosha, you know, you know, the doshas. And um, anyway, that was like a fun little flashback. But uh, um, yeah, that, and that's, uh, I keep waiting for somebody to do that. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah, that, no, I think that it's, it would, it's, the idea is it's shifting people's relationship with food and nutrition, right? Mm. You know, I think when we're more mindful about, maybe mindful is not the right word, but more intentional about consumption, you know, and um, and you mentioned earlier, like, you know, banana, you don't have a banana laying in your arm. You have muscles and cells and skin and all this transformed out of that banana and and then I, it makes me think about like, well, what transformed to make the banana from the soil and the sunlight and the water and the care of uh, a farmer if it wasn't grown wild, you know? Um, Absolutely. So, so there's, and you were talking about the cosmos and made me just think, yeah, yeah, there's, we learn a lot from nature and then we consume things that were transformed out of muck and soil and whatnot. And so it makes me more conscious of what I put in my body and how it was grown. And we, you know, we were talking earlier about sort of like gardening and farming and growing things. And uh, uh, so for for many, many years, probably decades now, I've been very conscious of like, how is this food grown that I'm consuming? And then... The longer I've practiced yoga and meditation and sort of tuning inward, it's interesting. I mean, some people maybe are born intuitively like this, but I'm I'm a slow learner. So (laughs) over time, it's like, oh, if I eat too much of this, I can notice how my energy, am I sluggish or energetic? How is my movement? How, How does this twisting yoga pose feel with this whatever working its way through my you know, intestines. (laughs) And it's very, like, it's a very interesting exploration of like, oh, yeah, you know, and and I can, I can recognize that, you know, if I um, eat a lot of something like cheese, like really good organic French cheese is my probably weakness these days. But if, uh, if I eat a bunch of some triple 
triple brie, you know, some triple cream, something. And, and then I'm in my, on my mat the next day, I can, I can feel a difference. You know, it's a subtle, um, you know, very subtle thing. But it seems like the school of Ayurveda kind of addresses that at some level. Does that, does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna, just going to say, you know, you talk about being a slow learner and you and me are in the same camp. I remember the first time that I realized that going out and drinking the night before affects my ability to balance in yoga class. Uh. <laughs> Which it's like, kind of seems like the most obvious thing in the world, but that was like a revelation that I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's funny. Um, and <laughs> that, that just reminded me of, of some of my early day, earlier days of teaching and even practicing and, and more of a like hot power yoga environment, you know? And boy, that Sunday morning class, in a, a, as a, someone that doesn't drink today, that I can remember being in the class and just like smelling alcohol oh yeah in in the sweat in the room i'm like and and you could tell the the people that had like a rough night (laughs) balance was off they're they're literally sweating out Mm -hmm. you know you know alcohol and then and the dehydration i mean there's like all a whole bunch of stuff going on there but uh it just kind of made me like oh yeah you know like there's a lot of layers to um cause and effect in mm-hmm. the what you know how we navigate the world i guess and it sounds like ayurveda really is like an ideal modality to help people find balance right whatever their lifestyle is is that true or am i just reading a bunch of the stuff into it that is true you know it's i find it kind of amazing all of my teachers they're so humble. You know, you won't ever hear any of the greats of Ayurveda just come out and tell you that, like, look, this is it. You know, Ayurveda is the answer to, you know, a healthy lifestyle. Like, any any striving that you're going for is connected to your health. And Ayurveda is an ideal choice for understanding that. Um, but those are my teachers. You know, I'm not them. I Ayurveda, I, so I've personally experienced it, right? Ayurveda has changed my life, completely turned me upside down, and transformed me from the inside out. Uh, but as far as what you're talking about, yes, 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 yes. And there's two immediate things that come to my mind for why. We're talking about it. Everybody's different, right? According to Ayurveda, Everybody is different. You said that uh, maybe it was earlier, but that is true. You know, so we each have these unique mind-body constitutions. And so what is healthy for one person is not necessarily healthy for another person. Uh, and, and we all already know that, right? Like this is intuitive knowledge. Uh, somebody who is emaciated, you're not going to give them broccoli. Like you're going to, Fat them up, like give them some butter, right? Give them sugary, buttery bread, like get them going. Like that person is too thin yeah. uh, versus obviously somebody who is, you know, overweight or struggling with being severely overweight. Like, well, no, like we don't want to give them buttery, sugary bread. We want to give them broccoli. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's really, what it is, is it's a science of qualities. Mm-hmm. It's not about good, bad, you know, healthy for you doesn't exist in Ayurveda. And it doesn't make sense. You know, oh, those are good for you. Oh, those are bad for you. Oh, eggs are good for you. Oh, eggs are bad for you. Mm -hmm. Right? Like none of that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is everything has qualities, right? We You feel a certain way because you're experiencing a certain conglomeration of qualities. And so, you know, a simple example is just a hot chili pepper. A hot chili pepper has a heating quality. Mm-hmm. And so that heats up your body physically and it even heats you up mentally. You know, you'll, you'll be slightly more irritable and aggressive if you ate a bunch of chili peppers or ate chili peppers all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and the same is true for actions. Let's say you're working outside under the hot sun. That's heating you up. Or if you go to a hot yoga class, of course, that's heating you up. And so everything is just a matter of qualities and finding balance. You know, where is your balancing point? Right. That's uh, that. Uh, um, yeah, and there's heating, there's cooling, there's <laughs> right. I mean, there's opposites to those. Mm-hmm. The the uh, chili pepper metaphor too. Like I, that's very interesting, and, and I observe that to be very very true you know? with the chili peppers. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh-huh. or and other things. Yeah. Yeah. Like too much of anything. Right. Or, or being out of balance mm-hmm. creates this. You know. Um, uh, lack of homeostasis, right? I mean, we're our bodies naturally want to be in a very um, balanced state, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty broad statement to make, but yeah, I mean, um, what else? I had another thought swimming around, and did you have another thought swimming around? Um, that it made you think of two things. Yeah, I think I kind of merged them into one by talking about how we're all individuals, but then also getting into the science of qualities. Okay, okay. I'm with you there. Um, the, um, so your business has been in the foundational process and mm-hmm. starting to expand. Um, do you see like that evolving into a, like a, like a full-time clinic situation or what's, what's your, if you, if you could just, if like money was no object and you could, you know, do the cafe or the restaurant or the client, what, what would, what would your ideal situation look like? Yes. Uh, my vision is to create an Ayurvedic rejuvenation center here in Indianapolis. Oh. Uh, and so, you know, that is a place where people can come uh-huh. and, just receive. You know, they don't got to think about anything. We've got it. You know, we make your food. We set you up. We do your treatments. All of it. And it's just a place where people can come and heal, dedicate themselves to healing and restoring. Mm-hmm. Do you have kind of like a network of practitioners you're hoping to collaborate with? Or what's the what's the vision there? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, it takes a village and... There's a lot of people out there that are working towards this. You know, there's a lot of people working in natural health, uh, integrative medicine, everything from yoga teachers to Reiki practitioners. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are dedicating themselves to elevating the health of our community. Mm-hmm. And I'm just one of those people as well. Oh, that's awesome. And it's, uh, and it's cool you kind of 
sounds like you grew up around Indy and you've kind of come back to your your roots yeah. here, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that you found this uh, new connection, you know, with a family, community, um, in a time where we're, you know, kind of coming out of a very dysregulating phase in the world, right? And um, so I'm, I'm, you know, just thinking like, this is what the community needs more, you know, more people that are um, just in tune to helping improve health and wellness from whatever, um, like, method they're approaching it from. And it sounds like you have respect for different modalities, you know, where, um, and I'm sure, and tell me if I'm wrong, but that the world of Ayurveda has lots of different focuses where people can, it's not all, it doesn't sound like it's all like a cookie cutter training and you go out and you focus on just these specific things or, or is it, am I simplifying it too much? Um, Cause you mentioned yo- Reiki and yoga and nutrition. And I, um, so I guess there, uh, your focus seems to be holistic um, what you want to do with, you know, having people come in. Um, is that true of most Ayurvedic type centers or is the focus shift, I guess would be my question. Because I don't know anything really about I've never been to an Ayurvedic center. <laughs> yeah, okay. And is there even one in, 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 in India? India? They're in the U.S. Yeah. Well, yes, they exist. The uh, there's some in the U.S., there's some in Canada, there's certainly some in India, the most in India. And, okay, so, to answer your question, two things. Um, so, there are eight branches of Ayurveda. Eight? Okay. Eight branches, yeah. It gets into, like, toxicology, pediatrics, psychology, stuff like that. Okay. Um, but as far as, like, the different modalities, right? So, these Ayurveda, along with, like, all of these Vedic sciences with yoga, they're so fundamental, which is why they're so integrative with anything, because they kind of like, they kind of pulled one over on language, you could say. And, and here's why, right? Because yoga is the science of self-realization, mm-hmm. right? So anything that contributes to your self-realization is a tool that can be accessed by yoga. Mm-hmm. And Ayurveda is the same way. Okay. Anything that contributes to your health and wellness, anything that is wholesome and conducive to your health, that falls into the scope of Ayurveda. Okay, okay. So it's kind of, you have, it's kind of cool where you're at in your journey with Ayurveda and this idea of a center. You truly do have pretty much a blank slate to work with. And you can create programs and services and support on a, you know, like you're, you're not like pigeonholed into having to do this one, do it a certain way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the room for creativity and innovation is massive. Yeah. It's, it's very much a blank canvas uh, with a, with a solid uh, art supply, you know, <laughs> which is Ayurveda, of course. Yeah. Oh, that's super cool. 
Well, that um, well, a I'm excited that you're going to be doing some some workshops here at City, um, maybe even some stuff around music. You know, I feel like when when the time is right to do more larger gatherings with live music and you know, um, I mean, I know there's live music venues happening, but you know where we are, the yoga studio. And our room, we have limited size, although we're, our rooms are probably the largest in the city for practice space. It's pretty spacious in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. We, could do, we could do some fun stuff, you know, sooner rather than later. Definitely. Um, as we kind of start to wind it down here, what, what else do you want to share with our little podcast listeners out there? Hmm. Or is there a topic we haven't touched on you wanted to? dig into it all yeah i feel like we've touched all of the bases i feel like we've given a pretty thorough introduction to ayurveda um you know one thing that i could emphasize really is just the power of ayurveda Mm -hmm. you know like there's a lot of stuff out there we were talking about this earlier but you know vegans all beef diets, vegetarians, pescatarians, keto, Atkins, you name it. There's just so many different health ideas out there and they're all screaming and they're all saying like, this is it, this is going to make you the healthiest person ever. You're going to look like this ripped dude or this gorgeous model. Um, But a lot of it is just noise, right? And we're all trying to figure this thing out you know we're all looking for the answer which is just something sustainable something that sticks something that works and ayurveda works you know it's it it will change your life It, it will transform you the the more you allow it to sink in um the better it's gonna get yeah well, and it's you mentioned it's an ancient medicinal science, so it's thousands of years old, if not more, and mm-hmm. um, um, and that's pretty well documented, I think. Yeah. Um, so that that makes sense that why it survived, you know, the millennia, and um, because it it is something real that works. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch how your journey unfolds on this path, you know, and um, and we'll have to, you know, see what happens with the Ayurvedic Rejuvenation Center, mm. you know, as how um, how that unfolds, and um, yeah, and I think you know people are always looking for some magic solution, particularly in America, we're such a uh, externally focused sort of fast food mentality, you know? Um, and like listening to you talk about Ayurveda, it's sort of the opposite of that, where it's like an inward focused, n- you know, no fast, quick answer for everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when I think of one of, um, you know, a teacher I was listening to, not too long ago and can't quote it exactly, but she really talked about how, you know, within everyone is this, this, uh, 
uh, innate goodness, you know, like there's this spiritual being, I don't see really called it that, but this ent- there's something within us that is good at its core uh, in everybody. And then there's also a, um, a knowing within us where when we start to focus inward, whether it's through whatever practice that gets you to slow down and find stillness and then tap into that inner wisdom, that knowing that, you know, gives us those aha moments. And, and that, the idea that, that that's always been there, but we've been too distracted or, you know, caught up in a, a vidya or whatnot, um, to, to hear that little still voice within. And, um, and it's, I think that's that same innate wisdom that, you know, where Einstein, you know, discovered mankind changing formulas in a dream. <laughs> you know, or, you know, things just seemingly come out of thin air uh, into our consciousness. So um, then there's theories on that as well. But anyway, it's it's been like super cool to talk to you here. And uh, I'm excited to see you around the studio doing stuff. And then, um, you know, as this year on wines and you do your, like your internship in India. I mean, I just think like there's a lot in your future, you know, and so we'll have to keep the conversation going. Um, and then to our listeners, thank you for turn- tuning in. And it's always, um, you know, we wouldn't have the podcast without listeners. So you're very important to us. And, you know, we welcome your feedback, suggestions, um, you know, email us, drop us a note. That's always cool. And, uh, yeah, and Daryl, thanks once again for taking the time out today. Absolutely. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Yoga Voice, brought to you by City Yoga School of Yoga and Health, where we are committed to exploring how yoga inspires and transforms. Find out more at www.cityyoga.biz. That's C-I-T-Y-O-G-A dot biz. Special thanks to our producer, Brian Sims, for his audio expertise. <laughs>